Hi, thanks for listening. This is the It's So Widget Flutter podcast. My name is Holocorn, and each episode, I get the chance to talk with another amazing member of the Flutter community. This episode, we are extremely lucky to be speaking with Rodi. Welcome, Rodi. Hey, thank you. Can you share a bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm a uh, open source maintainer, indie developer, and musician. Um, I actually, not many people know this, but I actually started as an audio engineer uh, because I wanted to find the more technical side of being a musician. Became certified in macOS and iOS, then moved on to be a system administrator, and then taught myself development um, after also getting a computer um, science degree in management information systems. So what got you interested originally in Flutter? So um, when I was working um, at one of my last jobs, we it was a B2B company, and so we were looking for cross-platform solutions. I uh, took a couple of months to kind of explore the alternatives out there because I had built them both natively. I found Xamarin and React Native and even Cordova, built example applications in all of them. And this was right around Flutter Beta 3. So um, I came across Flutter and it was very new, but I was really surprised that even at the very beginning, like how stable it was. We actually shipped our first app to production in Flutter Beta 4. So it was incredible that it was even that stable. Um, and then also I love the fact that I, I have already written a lot of like native code, um, in Swift and Java and even C sharp, but, um, I was able to write wrappers and to, um, plug into all that existing logic, but just be able to rebuild the UI. Um, I love that it was, um, an open canvas, something that you could, you know, start fresh with. There wasn't like this huge, long 30 year, um, legacy, uh, technical debt from a framework that's just like, you know, this is how it's done and you just do it this way. And just the the more I dove into it, the uh, the more I love Flutter, uh, you know, whether it's Skia and the canvas or the animations that they provide, and especially just the fact that it's like uh, so reactive that you can just really build it however you need or see fit. Nice. Can you describe any apps you're currently working on? So um, if anybody knows me, I, uh, yeah, I definitely have been working on quite a few apps. Um, I think not a lot of people know how many apps are actually in production, which is kind of cool. Um, so currently right now in the order of uh, magnitude of users, uh, we have uh, Amp Store, which is a open source um, technology called Amp that we've been built an app with. The app itself is not open source, but um, it's all built with Flutter, uh, web, desktop, and mobile. It allows you to create these um, stories, kind of like Instagram stories, but they can be run on the web. I also created Hymns for Worship, which is uh, recently just crossed over 2,000 daily active users. Um, it is a way to, it's basically a globally distributed sheet music and presentation platform. Uh, I built a Tesla app so I can actually control my own car, which is really fun. And uh, one of the my favorite apps to work on, uh, I have the Pitch Pipe, which is actually the most popular Pitch Pipe on the App Store and continually gets featured with like GarageBand and um, lots of other music apps. Uh, I have Pocket Piano uh, that was originally started as a Flutter Create contest and then since then brought it and built an own app around it on the both the App Store and Google Play. And I have Sheet Music Pro, which is just another um, app that I use mainly for my dad because uh, he doesn't know how to read sheet music. Uh, but I found a way that I can, I built a kind of a utility to where someone who doesn't know sheet music can click around and be able to play the scale and the starting note. Um, useful for if you're like in a choir or if you're just a musician and you just want to get that first pitch. Uh, those are the ones that are just in production. Uh, I have a bunch that I've been working on for like preparing for release. 
Um, I have this app called Fluid Calendar that I've been working on, which is uh, kind of my response and the way I do my own time management. And then I'm also working on a Flutter IDE, basically so I can create Flutter applications on my iPad and on the web. And and also too, um, so something I'm kind of working on as a kind of more generic uh, goal for this year is I have been extremely blown away with web and WebXR, VR and AR capabilities. So I've actually been starting to really experiment to see how much I can create with that. I've already started with um, a couple different applications that are coming out. Um, I even just released uh, the other day open source project for, you know, seeing all the planets in VR. Um, I'm also exploring machine learning with like TensorFlow as well as Dialogflow and just the whole concept around passive computing, because I feel like that's kind of the next level where Flutter can evolve because um you know there's so many experiences that we can create for like smart displays and these more passive experiences where flutter ui toolkit toolkit is perfect um and so being able to kind of it's something that we're not very we don't have any you know rule books on this yet so we have to create the way that these um you know interactions behave but i feel like it's a um it's an awesome next step in community computing because you can take an app and i'm even exploring it in the tesla app where you can say okay Maybe someone who has um, problem, you know, typing on a keyboard or pressing buttons because they're, you know, hard to press. Well, I built this interface into the Tesla app where you can actually just chat with your car and control it all with just your voice. So you can say like, you know, turn on the AC to 30 degrees or, you know, uh, unlock the car and it'll run all the same commands, but in a passive way so that, you know, if you're having trouble, you can still um, use the application. So I follow you on Twitter and I'm amazed at how productive you are. Are there any tips you can share? Yeah, so I do something that's called time blocking. Um, And actually, that's the whole concept around the Fluid Calendar, the application I'm building. Basically, you choose when to work on something. And when you do, you focus on it 100%. Um, But kind of something that kind of seems counterintuitive that is the reason why it makes it work is you have to delay working on something as long as possible. So that means giving time for your brain to think about the problems in the background. Uh, I also like to try to do things to distract you, like doing something like VR or, you know, hiking or just something really fun because, you know, I realize that it all flows together and you get inspired by things that are completely unrelated to to coding. You can't just be coding 100% and expect to be just as creative. Um, I found out that creativity is just a skill that can be improved on um, just like anything else. And it's important that you can shift things around. If you, it's not, a system in which you just, you know, say, okay, well, you know, every day at four o'clock, I'm going to do this. And for some people, you know, habits like that work. For me, it's more like, I'm going to spend an hour on this. I don't know when I'm going to spend an hour on it. But you know, when I'm ready, and I feel like the app is ready to be built, I sit down and I do it. And that's what's made me incredibly productive, because I'm not spending a lot of time just like rewriting code or just sitting at the computer, you know, not doing anything at all. Cool. What aspects do you like most about Flutter? Yeah, so for me, it's been the absolute fastest framework to work with. Um, I've I used to use Adobe XD to create all my prototypes to you know to submit to the project managers and kind of do whatever. But now it's like Flutter has been so fast that my prototype is my application. Um, so what is really cool about that is um, you know not having to decide about which technology to use to build a project, but instead focusing on the product itself and just re- releasing it everywhere. Um, now I've been taking this approach where I build the application with Flutter Web, 
and then I will release it on iOS and Android second, you know, after I kind of hone out all the bugs and the core part of it. And then I release a desktop app. So it allows you to kind of release when you're ready for the product and the, you know, the UI UX that makes sense, as well as the readability. Um, it's by far one of the best testing suites I've ever used. The documentation is amazing. I mean, even the obscure packages that I find um, on the Flutter team still are really great. And you learn a lot just from tests, even if there's no example. Um, and also just the ability to teach others. Uh, it's also the first framework that I've been able to work on as a solo developer or with a team and have the same level of productivity. Um, there's some kind of things that you have to be aware of when you're working with other people, but um, it's by far one of the the best ways that I've or best frameworks that I've worked with for that. Um, I love the fact that they have Dartpad to be able to share examples with other people. Um, it's just such a nice way just to, you know, when I'm writing a blog post, I just be like, you know, you can run this application and see what I'm talking about. Um, Flutter web has been awesome. Uh, since there's, you don't have to worry about CSS or HTML. It's been super great to build UI quickly on the web. But at the same time, like, you know, if you're like me, I also like to take advantage of HTML and CSS. And in fact, I built a, a WebView plugin that allows you to drop in just raw HTML. So you can like, if you want to have like a PDF or like, you know, a, uh, like I like to do virtual reality, you can do that with embedded inside of your components, as well as Flutter desktop, being able to have really fast responsive design and feedback. So like when I'm building an application now, I usually almost always build it with macOS desktop because I can just resize and fix UI bugs that would take me, you know, weeks or maybe months to figure out on iOS. They're like, oh, it looks great. But then I go down to iPhone 5 and everything breaks. So um, yeah, the amazing performance there. And then also just, I really love how easy it is to plug code in from other packages. Um, it's super easy to share widgets, but also it, you know, it's just like, it's such a nice way to, um, you know, you find like uh, one of the packages I love to use is like the slidable package on, you know, on Flutter. It's just so easy to drop in something and have new functionality. Um, whereas like, you know, when I worked with iOS, you know, if you want to like customize the table table row or, you know, something with master detail controller, it's like if you're not using that widget, you basically have to build it yourself and or just call back all the delegates and it just can, can get really messy. Um, speaking of which, uh, one thing about the sharing the widgets, one thing I would love to see in Flutter, though, is a uh, a pure widget section of Dart Pub so that, you know, we can kind of separate the there's the Dart only packages and then like the UI only packages, because I feel like I uh, find a lot of things that sometimes I, I just want a widget that's like kind of like a dumb widget that does not have any functionality. And uh, I think that'd be cool. And a lot of I don't know if you've heard about this, but a lot of people including myself, are starting to do this thing where um, I'm using the web version as my free trial. And then my mobile application is my paid upfront application. I don't like to use ads in any of my applications because um, at least the applications I'm building need like a non-obtrusive experience to where there's needs no distractions. And one thing that's nice about that is I can charge upfront for an app. But if you want to try it, just try the web version. Are there any things in Flutter you'd like to see changed? Yeah, so uh, working in Flutter as long as I have, there's definitely, you know, pain points, but, you know, things that you come across that you definitely would love to see different. Um, one thing for me more recently is um, since starting with, you know, desktop especially, um, I, I would love to see kind of a more 
a, a way that's official to like have like a light JVM to be able to run JavaScript packages um, in the desktop, allowing us to use like, you know, take advantage of like an NPM package, for example. Now, this means that, you know, the UI and everything is still, you know, compiled to native, but just like there's edge cases in which you do need to use some JavaScript package out there. Um, I would love to see cross compiling for desktop, um, like a dark to native, uh, electron does this, for example, and it's really cool to where you can like build your windows application and your Linux application on Mac OS and vice versa. Uh, I'd like to see uh, better FFI support. I've currently been exploring it hardcore and, um, it's awesome to be able to run rust and uh, WebAssembly through FFI, but it could definitely be improved. And speaking of that, I wish, uh, there would be an official, you know, compile to WebAssembly target. Uh, uh, as you know, I probably I built a, a multi-window example in Flutter, but this is something else that I still feel like needs to be um, native, allowing us to you know create new windows pretty easily in an official way, um, and and you know kind of a better way to do like this kind of glue code, uh, which has to be done on like the the window logic itself to be able to have like pasteboard and to be able to choose which targets to accept from other applications. Um, maybe more responsive designed widgets. You know, this is already kind of starting to come out, but I mean, especially with desktop, um, I'm doing, I'm repeating so much of my work and having to create packages that are just around responsive design because um, it's pretty, it's easy to make a mobile application in Flutter, but it's, you have to be clever about the way that you write your widgets. And then uh, finally, I would love to just see, um, you know, I know they kind of hinted at it at Flutter Interact, but um, the UI builder, I think would be awesome to be able to, you know, kind of really design these layouts as well as um, also just being able to load widgets at runtime. Sometimes you just want to have like a server side rendered widget that you just want to show in your app. Do you have any thoughts on state management? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, being, I don't know. I mean, you definitely remember, but you know, when we started with Flutter, one of the biggest ones was scope model and I was a huge fan of it. Um, since then, you know, it kind of moved on and now it's, um, you know, change notifier and provider for me, I, it's all about the data because every application has its own needs. Um, like the Tesla app, for example, you know, one of the requirements is being able to query data over a period of time so that I almost always, if there's a tabular kind of data, I use more, um, and specifically flutter more, um, allowing me to run SQLite with code generation on all the platforms that is super amazing to be able to have like streams and you get all that out of the box. If there's an application um, that's kind of more like the editor, like Amp Store, um, I've I've been coming up with this technique more recently and kind of been honing it in. But basically uh, with Remy's new package, Freeze, I took that and kind of built a, a Reduxy kind of style um, state management where you have like a one-way uh, data flow. So you have a model that you, you know, you have all your callbacks and your your things that you can use to manipulate the data, um, which you can also have an undo redo stack there. And then from the UI, you're just calling these uh, methods to update it. I really love value notifier and streams, um, definitely kind of more the uh, RX way. And if it's just kind of like a general application that I'm actually not sure which way to go yet, I actually uh, start with a uh, block, uh, specifically flutter block, which allows us to um, kind of have a lot of the boilerplate um, abstracted away. And I only use it in a one-way flow anyway. So it's not like I don't use the state part of block to say the different kind of states I'm in. I'm mainly using it for actions and um, just kind of manipulating the data. So sometimes a uh, block will just be 
the interface layer on top of my database. Um, I really love the fact that you made your Redux starter script. Um, that was one I actually had built a full application in Redux and that, that script was awesome. And being able to use that in other state management tools, I feel like, um, you know, it's, it's hard, it's easy to get afraid of state management. And it's also, especially when you're starting out, it's super easy to be like, well, everybody's saying using provider. So I just, I have to use provider or everybody's saying like, you know, MobX is the new thing. And, you know, I, I think it's very important that we don't just become like, you know, you know, JavaScript frameworks that, you know, some milk can last longer than some JavaScript frameworks, but, you know, it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's very important to like, choose what makes sense for the application and not be driven by like, you know, just the emotion of something getting popular on Twitter, because um, almost always you're gonna have to refactor it. And that's okay. But you know, it's, it's choosing what makes sense. And sometimes it's okay to have multiple state management solutions in one app. Like, for example, my settings, my settings class, I even built a package called settings manager, it allows you to store a key value store of all your settings in a way that you can, you know, have dark mode selected or a bunch of other things. But then you can have your your state management for the rest of your application. And sometimes you need to break up your application to where you have your your login logic, which could be one state management, your your editor logic for like the core of your application. And then, you know, you can break it off. But, you know, it, there's never just like a, oh, this works for everything in every single situation. That's definitely not the case. Uh, is there any advice you give to someone just starting out? The biggest thing I would say that when you're starting out that you have to focus on and it's super easy to ignore, but will bite you later on is folder structure. Um, it is very important. Um, if you look at any of my applications, you'll know that like I have it structured in such a way. And, you know, if you use relative imports, it allows you to copy code across applications. This means that if you put all your widgets, I don't know, in a common thing, and if you make them in such a way where they only depend on what um, is in the constructor, it is so nice to be able to grab a widget and not have to just spend time redoing that widget for another application. Like login screen is pretty much the same in, you know, all my applications and I can update it and then update it in other applications. Um, The next thing about that would be, don't be afraid of code generation. And in fact, definitely use it because it, I mean, it's one of those things that you have to know what it's doing, but if you use tools that generate the things that um, can save some of the boilerplate for you, it will help you make less errors. Um, another thing I would like to suggest is write tests when you do PRs, because um, usually you don't want to be writing tests until you finish that kind of um, that block. If you're, if you're missing something in Flutter that it doesn't provide yet, don't be afraid to add it yourself. Um, even when you're first starting, I, you know, one thing I did um, when Flutter was beta three, I hadn't been working in Flutter for even a month. I contributed to the image picker plugin to be able to allow videos and, you know, just not being afraid of like, you know, I didn't know, you know, I wasn't super familiar with objective C, but I still, you know, we needed it in our application. So, you know, it's just about, you know, researching. And one thing about Flutter is it's so nice to be able to go to the definition and just kind of reverse engineer how things are created. Um, And, also, uh, something I would also like to suggest is something that may not be trivial, but if you're opening, especially for me, I'm opening some Flutter projects that are, you know, eight months old, six months old. And sometimes you just have to create the iOS and Android or other targets from scratch. Um, one Flutter has this really awesome command where if you delete the folders and run Flutter create period, it will recreate those um, folders with the latest uh, tech and uh, sometimes it's just like, you're not going to be able to salvage it. There's going to be like 
plenty of errors, but sometimes just starting from scratch will keeping your, the rest of your app there is really nice. Um, don't be afraid of refactoring. Um, sometimes it is easier to rebuild, but um, this is where the second part of folder structure comes into hand is um, I always like to have a UI and a data folder at the top level because the UI folder is just the presenter and you know everything that you need just kind of depends on what it has coming in. Because if you do that, it allows you to change out your state management solution or whatever you want without affecting the rest of your widgets. Because if you have all your, you know, your logic inside of set state and all these other areas inside your application, it's really hard to change stuff. Um, but if you if you kind of bring that logic out, it allows you just to, you know, really move fast and also just beta test Flutter. Um, I know uh, for production apps, some people stay unstable, but um, I always like to be on master or dev because you get to submit issues and PRs and find bugs faster so we can help improve Flutter. IDE of choice, Android Studio or VS Code? I started with Android Studio because I had just come off of a Android application, but I quickly switched to VS Code. Um, every now and then when I'm doing an Android plugin, I have to use Android Studio. It's not that I don't like Android Studio. I just, I love writing extensions for VS Code and um, the modularity that it provides. It also, it's probably been one of my favorite Microsoft products and I love that it's open source. Um, there's other tools out there too, um, but I just love the plugin system in VS Code. And finally, is there anything else you'd like to add or promote? Um, so you can pretty much follow me anywhere at Rody Davis and I'm, I know the links will be in the podcast notes, but um, definitely find me on social media. I, you know, the only way that I can do this is if you guys, you know, follow me and support me. And, you know, I just love uh, connecting with the community. So please feel free to reach out. Um, you can find my packages on Dart Pub. And I'm also part of the Flutter community and awesome Flutter repos. So you'll probably see me on GitHub quite a few places. Um, and also I have a Patreon. Not many people know about that, but um, that also helps me kind of maintain my packages and um, giving all that stuff. But I love discussing stuff. If, you, if you're discussing something with me on Twitter, definitely don't take it personally if you think I'm not agreeing with you. I almost will never, you know, take it like in a negative way. It's just, I love discussing all kinds of aspects of Flutter and it's, you know, it's all about, you know, the, uh, the truth itself and, you know, so. Awesome. Rody, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was an excellent episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Everyone stay safe and be well.